0: hello and welcome to the local leaders podcast i'm your host jeff johnson the local leaders podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories their experiences their advice and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives get ready another great show is coming up Hey, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson, and uh, I am super stoked today to uh, be able to provide, to bring to you a fellow North Carolinian uh, down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, we've got Matt uh, Pacinian. Did I get it right, Matt? Picking in, but yeah, it's cl- close Oh, enough. man, I meant to ask you that before we started. Close enough. Um, so we got Matt with us today. He's a co-founder of Shuck and Shack. And um, these guys are awesome. I've actually been there before. It's been a few years back um, and, and didn't know Matt at the time. He was probably in the kitchen or um, or filling some kind of void there because uh, he's known as the utility infielder and co-founder of Chuck and Chuck. Uh Matt does it all. And uh, we're happy to have you, Matt. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, we are, like I said, I'm stoked to, to have you on because you're um, you know, your experience and what you guys have been able to do with Shuck and Shack is, is, uh, awesome. And I think a, uh, an inspiration for our listeners to, um, kind of learn about more about what you've done and understand it better and hear your story. So with that said, I'd love to just hand it off to you and let you tell us a little bit about Shuck and Shack and, and what you guys are up to.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Shuck and Shack started in 2007, me and my business partner, uh, Sean Cook, he, uh, he owns a little rental shop, a beach rental shop down on the corner in Carolina Beach, and he had his eye on this little, you know, 900 square feet, 950 square foot building uh, that was a little arcade, and we had known each other just from hanging out in the bars in Carolina Beach. Back then, you had about five or six places to hang out, so it's it's grown immensely over the years, but, you know, you ran into the same people, especially if you lived there in the winter, because there wasn't much going on. Uh, you can't have the same little group that you hung out with, so... You know, we, we became buddies and in one day he called me up. We, there was the lease sign went in the building we're in now. Um, so 14 years ago, lease sign went up and he called and said, Hey, you want to open an oyster bar? We were in Carolina beach, you know, there there's good seafood restaurants there, but nothing kind of like we just wanted that dive bar oyster bar kind of feel nothing, nothing too, you know, white tablecloth, anything, you know, it was just one of those come in barefoot, put your surfboard at the front door, ride your bike, do do what you want. And we'll take care of you. And honestly, it started out as, um, you know, I was 26, he was 28. It started out as let's just have some fun with a bar in a beach town. Uh, We both borrowed a little bit of money off our parents, got some credit cards. And what we thought was going to sign the lease in May and what we thought we were going to open Labor Day weekend uh, turned into Thanksgiving because we had absolutely no idea what we're doing other than (laughs) we were building a bar, having fun. We would have buddies in there, beers would be drank. Just to come up with designs, like we didn't have plans. We would just sit there and say, "Okay, what are we going to do with this wall?" And have a few beers. Next thing you know, you know, we've got we've got something. So we opened Thanksgiving, the Friday of Thanksgiving in 2007 and in Carolina Beach. At that point, like I said, the winter time there wasn't much going on, so we only did dinners. Uh, we opened at five. I think it was like five to midnight or five to eleven. We something like that. It couldn't even been five to just whenever we closed, people stopped showing up. Yeah, whenever
0: uh, you decided you had enough, right? That's
1: it. I mean, basically, you know, you could look. You at that point, you could walk out on the street at nine thirty in, in January and go. There's nobody else coming coming by tonight. Uh, yeah. So we we did that through about March, and then decided it was, it was time to kind of hit it hard. We we got our feet underneath of us and and back back this up a little bit. Neither one of us had any really real true restaurant experience. I'd been a bar back for two weeks at a local place. And and Sean did a, a very limited amount of managing a restaurant when he was in college. Uh, so it, again, like I said, it wasn't meant to go really anywhere where, where it is now. It was kind of one of those things. We just let's have some fun with it. So we opened in March for lunches and and at that, as that summer kind of got going, kind of got busier and busier and busier. And, and it just kind of, it flowed for the next two to three years. And, and we figured, Hey, we, we've got something here. It's, it's kind of cool. People like it. It's a dive bar. It's, it's ma- mainly seafood. We got one fryer, uh, one steamer our kitchens, 140 square feet. So wow. it was basically like, let's give it a shot and, and we'll look for another location. So we started looking up towards surf city, uh, got into some lease negotiations, nothing ever came about it. So we, we turned our, our, Our heads back towards downtown Wilmington. Figured, hey, you know, about 25 minutes apart, totally different markets. We can make something work. So we found a 1,800 square foot location up uh, uh, first floor. Was the the service area bar kitchen was upstairs. We had to put a dumb waiter in. It turned out to be a logistical nightmare, but we made it work. So we opened that Thanksgiving of 2012. This time, actually, our timeline was better. We signed the lease in September. We were actually open in November. So the time we we had, we had gotten a few things squared away over over the, over the years uh, of of how to actually make this thing work at a quicker pace. And then, uh, so we started open in 2012. Again, it kept snowballing. We found our second location downtown Wilmington. And, and like I said, it was 1800 square feet. We had a dumb waiter had to, you know, food was, we had to go up and down the elevator. That was just a logistical nightmare, but we made it work. And so, We were busy in 13 and 14. It got busier and busier again. So now we're like, okay, now we've got something that Clearly we've got market proof in two areas. What are we going to do now? We started to look in Southport. And if you know the Carolina coast, Carolina beach Southport as the crow flies is about three miles logistically, it's not that easy to get there. There's a 30 minute ferry ride. You got to wait for the ferry. You got to get off the ferry or you got to drive an hour up and around Wilmington. So we had a a buddy of ours who's an equipment salesman down here, knew a franchise developer and said, why don't, before you guys pull the trigger on that, why don't you talk to this guy and and see if there's something there? So we had a four hour meeting and decided franchising was the way to go. Instead of trying to, to, to spread ourselves super thin running three stores, We said, hey, you know, we we had had some phone calls about franchising before, but nothing was ever in place. So we weren't there. It wasn't like we could just say, okay, we'll sell something and and we'll just go from there. So we had that meeting, decided in 2014 we were going to franchise. So kind of spent most of 2014, the end of 2014, getting some of the pieces in place, uh, brought on a CEO in 2015, sold some stores and then opened our first franchise location in April of 2015. And we opened four more stores that year, or three more stores that year. So total four stores in 2015 and one in Somerville, South Carolina, Surf City, North Carolina, Frederick, Maryland, and Greenville, South Carolina. And wow. we, we opened the Frederick and Greenville store back-to-back weeks the week before Christmas. So wow. that made it, uh, that made it for an interesting, uh, it was an interesting two weeks. So, you know, I, I had two little ones at the house, you know, my wife wasn't wasn't that ecstatic that I was gone right before Christmas. But, you know, we, at that point, we had to get some stores open and, and get some money flowing back in into the royalty side of things. So, yeah, you know, and, and again, so then 2015, we kind of back back the wagons off a little bit because we knew our our systems weren't totally in place. Our operations manual was basically been in my head for the first seven years of being open. You know, do we have recipe cards? Not really. We had some stuff written on paper because, again, we were a little dive bar having fun. So if we change the recipe up just a little bit, nobody knew. You know, once we started franchising, so we took all of 2015 or 2016, sorry, after we'd opened those stores and we didn't sell any stores. We just took we, we developed a few more that we had in the pipeline, but we took everything that we had out there in pieces and, and brought it into what is now a 350 page operations manual. So we, we realized that we weren't even though we had the stores open and running, we realized there were some some things we had to tighten up on our end. And uh, and that's kind of where that leads us to now. And now we're offering we've got 16 locations two uh, to, to our, our corporate stores in Wilmington, Carolina Beach. And then we've got 14 franchise locations uh, from Frederick, Maryland to uh, Ocala, Florida, and then West to Cumming, Georgia. And we're actually. Uh, in the process of developing five more stores at, at this time, uh, one in the Chicago area and then in the St. Louis market also. So starting to spread out, out west a little bit more.
0: Yeah, that's that's a he- heck of a story, my friend. I, I love it, it's, uh, especially the way it starts. Just a, just a bunch of boys um, trying to have a little fun in your, in your early to mid-20s. You want to drink some beer and have a place to to go hang out.
1: And, um, look, Look, you created a business, man. I well, agree. that's, that's the crazy part about it. You know, like I said, we had, we would have build your own barstool night, Bring in a case of beer because it's raining outside and then we knew what to do. So bring it, bring bring a case of beer. We'll build some barstools. You know, we kind of took some elements of bars that we had, we had hung out in over the years and said, okay, we want these few pieces. And it's like, it's very unconventional the way we did it, but it's, it's very much us and the way we do things. You know, did we have a plan in place? No, but you know, we knew what we wanted. So it was one of those kind of things.
0: Well, it, it's an amazing story, and actually a really good, a really cool one to tell. And uh, and you know, I can feel the vibe of that first location. Um, you know, as you were talking about that story, and and really, you didn't. I mean, you didn't waste a whole lot of time before you guys, you know, decided or made that that franchise decision. And and I'm I'm curious, if you don't mind my asking, how um, and why did you decide franchising was the
1: right way to go as opposed to company owned? Mm-hmm uh it's because we could sell the idea which we we knew we had the idea when we had the concept in place and for let me back up on that it's it's a seafood restaurant dive bar it's it's nothing it's no white tablecloth it's 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 made to look like an old shack it's it's made to have the personality of the owner you know we've got our franchise model isn't like, you know, an Applebee's here's a, here's an acre and a half plot of land. Here's your building, build it. Now here's your restaurant. And they all look the same. None of our stores look the same. So what, what we decided, when we decided to franchise go, go to the corporate way, it was, you know, it was me and Sean at the time. So it's like, do we hire three managers? And then do we, do we manage them? And because it's still our money. So as a manager, it's, it's not really one of those things where, you know, it's not really their own. You can make it, they can, they can call it their own if they want, but it's really not their own. So in the franchising side of things, you're managing somebody managing a restaurant, but it's their investment. So it's in, in their eyes, they've got to make it work or else, you know, they're going to be out a half a million dollars in a, in a build out and everything that, that they've put into it. And, you know, and so it's almost putting the, the onus on somebody else to run the store. You can give them all the tools and say, here it is. Here's the marketing. Here's the, here's the, uh, you know, the apparel that you can sell. Here's all this stuff. Here's all the recipes. Here's all the menu build files. Here's all the drinks. Here's the menu. Here's everything. Now just go run it, but you're responsible for it. Cause yeah, we take, you know, we get a, a franchise fee, but all that goes right back to opening the stores. We don't make money really until the royalties start coming in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we push them to open and run a good business, which obviously is, is everybody's goal in life when you open a business. But it's on them now to make sure it, it runs. So it's not just, you know, when you have general managers and anybody in the restaurant industry knows, somebody comes in, they don't like it, they go hop down the street and go find another job. Yeah. And so until they have some skin in the game, it's it's really, that's the the franchise model where it gives them, it gives us a little bit more, you know, comfort saying, okay, you know these people are going to be out their investment if they don't try to run the store properly
0: right, right, so yeah, and that you know that makes total sense, and um, you know one of the things I haven't asked anyone is is you know before and and just curious if you know the answer, but uh, is there more money to be made via franchising or through your own company stores and and not I don't want you to divulge anything, but just it,
1: it, could okay. it could go either way. It could go either way because if you know, if you're able to develop, to develop three or four cash cows, and then you know, you're always going to have some, some some restaurants that struggle, and you're always going to have some restaurants. You know, we've got our top eight, and then we've got our our bottom eight. And yeah. so, is it just do you open one of the the bottom eight, or do you open the top eight? So it's one of those kind of things, and it's I I think. And I don't want to say there's less of a headache because, you know, we sit up in this office and and we we spend a lot of time in the restaurant. But when we have our team meetings, I mean, we look at the numbers of each store and say, how are we going to help these lower performers turn into these catch these top performers? Right. But I think it just it it depends. And then, honestly, your labor, if you're running your own restaurants, is obviously more than if, you know, you're not you're not having to staff all these restaurants so you take some of the headache out of it it's probably 50 i mean it's probably a toss-up it just really kind of depends on on what your model is and your food costs and your labor costs and all that kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah now are are you guys watching you know is that one of the and usually i ask this later but you know what are a couple of the key metrics that you're watching i'm sure prime is is right there at the top but are, are do you even watch it for your franchise
1: ease as well yeah, I mean, our, our KPIs that we look at are is, is basically our, our signature drinks, you know, our, our, C, our food to, to liquor. There's more, there's more money to be made in liquor than there is food, but we sell. We're 70, 30 split on food to, to liquor. Uh, you know, we look at everybody's food costs. We have theoretical food costs. Uh, we, we look at inventories for people. We have inventory systems set up. We look at labor, you know, there's a store right now that's running high labor. So we're trying to work through how to get their labor down a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're managing more stores, but you're just managing the people and saying, look, this is the way we think it can be done. You put it into action.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You're more of the, you're more of the think tank now. Correct. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, a, uh, a good term for kind of kind of the the role that that you guys are playing now. and um you know the the franchise business is is one I'm not super familiar with. I've talked with a lot of folks like yourself who've gone down that path and and so I'm trying to learn. that's why I was asking, and I'm sure some of our our listeners are you know probably some listening that are right there on that that precipice of of trying to figure it out. you know they've got two or three um, stores that you know that are up and running and and successful, and they're thinking, okay. What do I do? Do I keep owning these things and and having to invest the time and and my own money, or do I go outside for it? So,
1: yeah, it's uh, the the one the one thing I can give you a piece of advice if all the all the people out there, if you're thinking about franchising, don't franchise unless you know you are ready to go and you got all the pieces in place. Because playing catch up is a lot harder than having it. Take the time on the front end to, to have it right. Yeah. Before. You go and sell and it it can be a tough decision to make at some point because you know you're gonna have people lined up at the door that want to buy, 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 and which is gonna, you know, bring the money in. But then, then you're going, okay, I just sold 25 doors, but I don't really know what I'm I'm giving these people or how how to get all this information to them. And and those are some of the hard lessons that we have learned over time. And that's what I tell everybody that that we speak to about, you know, if they're interested in franchising or not i mean it's you got to have all those pieces in place before you do anything because you can get in a lot of trouble if you don't have the pieces in place
0: uh you know, and I, I know it's a ton of work i know that uh you know i've talked to to several people who've had to create those uh, operations manuals and i think 350 pages just sounds about average you know, yeah. when it comes to these things and You know, they're dogs, they're demons to try to create it. And And it's crazy.
1: It's, I mean, you got to go down to, you know, how thick to cut cut a lemon wedge for the bar or a lime wedge for the bar. It's, and that's kind of the, you got to get so detailed. It's crazy. Like when we, when Jonathan, our CEO, and he first, this this joke that, or kind of a little story tells everybody when, when we were, when we were trying to put our operation together, he's like, me and him basically sat in a room and he said, tell me what you do i go in i open the door or I, it's like i go into work and i start doing it. he's like what do you do when you get there it's like well i unlock the door and that's step one unlock door and then he's like well then what do, you do? i go in the kitchen he's like well do you turn the lights on i said i turn the or i shut the shut the <laughs> alarm on lights on you know and, and you can slowly kind of tease things out but that's literally what it is oh yeah. unlock the door shut off the alarm turn the lights on count the drawers do that. Like, and it's, you know, count the door to 200, make sure you have X amount of petty cash. Well, you know, it's one of those things that down the line, as you keep going, you're like, Oh, I thought it was going to be a 50 pages. And again, now you're like, it's 350 pages. Yeah. You everything.
0: Yeah. That's, that's crazy. A lot of work, a lot of work. And, and it's not free, um, you know, probably either with the, uh, with, with building out or setting up that franchise model. Um, so, uh, do your research and be prepared, I I think, and, and probably make, you know, if you think it's going to take you six months, it might take a year and a half.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Add add, add at least three to three to six months onto that at that point. (laughs) that is, that is so crazy. So tell me, let me switch gears. I'll get
0: stuck on this franchising thing all day, but, um, you know, what have, what have been some of the, um, well, well, let's, let's talk about industry challenges. Um, there's three big ones, you know: staffing, food costs, food shortage. Uh, how is, you know, how are those impacting can, you
1: guys, and, and what are you doing? Post COVID or pre COVID?
0: Uh, let's go post COVID.
1: <laughs> post COVID, I mean, staffing is it's it's an issue that I was hoping was going to be gone by now. Uh, we we have done a good job of getting our our store staffed up, and luckily for us on the coast, we're kind of going into our shoulder season, so we could yeah. kind of lay a few people off if if we needed to uh you know we may have an extra couple of people but in the middle of the summer i mean we were closing for lunches some days we would just close randomly on a monday and and i've always been pre-covid it has always been we close two days a year we close thanksgiving and we close christmas we stay open until 10 on the weekdays and midnight on the weekends and it, there was never a, a close early or a, a take a day off because you got to create consistency that people know you're there. Yeah, uh, exactly. But what COVID has done is it's taken that away. And, and you, can, you can literally close for a day if you want. Just put it on Facebook and say due to staffing shortages. And, and we had to do that a couple of times because we would have weekends where we would have everybody on the floor, everybody in the kitchen, you know, just getting absolutely destroyed. Mm. And then on Monday, you'd have two people that would, were ready to work. So it was like, you know what, everybody just take a day off. Uh, and then we we'll come back at it tomorrow on Tuesday, and we'll you know we'll hit hit the ground running. So staffing has has been an issue, and it, it's going to continue to be an issue. I think not maybe not as bad in different parts of the country are having it worse. And when we were up in St. Louis on a site visit the other day, you know there there's signs in every restaurant everywhere, yeah. uh, everywhere you go, or you know a lot of people just doing takeout or or delivery or something like that because they just don't have the staff. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right food shortages i mean that's that's another one where it's it's kind of become the norm and I, I hate it but it's uh again i was always under the impression never run out of anything order heavy or do what you can do to go find it if if you had to find a substitute but again i mean it's it's just become the norm like if we if we run out of wings one week for a couple of days nobody comes in and gets upset because you can't go next door and get wings or you can't go down, down the other way and get wings it's uh it it's kind of it's kind of crazy that you know we, we had a pandemic and we just stopped making stuff I mean right now we're going through, right now we're going through a glass bottle shortage with liquors you know well stuff that we would have never carried we're carrying now because we may not be able to get uh a cruising rum, so we're going to get this dark rum and you know it's stuff we've never carried, but it's just it's the game right now and and like i said no no restaurant is. Is getting away from it. So it's it's happening everywhere. And and food prices are the same, wings are are astronomical, uh, crab legs are higher than they've ever been, and stuff like that. And it's just been it, it's it's different. It's it's a different way to 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 run things. So you got to really watch, you know, your food costs, your your labor and everything right now, and, and make sure you got the right people in place. Do you guys have a, um, you know, as far as your
0: menu goes and pricing, do you have a, a, a set pricing for all franchisees or is it, is it kind of market dependent and and the franchisees can, can set pricing however they need? You know, it, the- yeah, it's uh
1: it's market dependent really. Cause you know, we've got a store in Salisbury, North Carolina, which may not be able to, you know, get the prices that our store in coming Georgia is getting, which is a suburb of Atlanta. But through the franchising world is, is we're actually not legally allowed to, to set prices. We can give people our suggested pricing on, on menu items when we use, we've got a program where we can theoretically price out every every menu item that we have. So we can say, hey, look, at this price, you're going to run a 34% food cost. Now, if your market can get a little bit more, you know, you, you may get 30% food cost, or you can go this way. So, or you can go, you know you can take it down and run a little bit higher margin, uh, but maybe maybe sell more. So we're not legally allowed to set any prices. We can give you uh, we can give you our suggested prices, but what we've all also done on the menu for us for seafood, the way the way the world is right now, is we have taken it and gone. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, we my uh, bookkeeper just stepped in for a second. Uh, okay. We uh we've taken it and put market price on everything. Also, all of our seafood is now market price. So if if crab legs, shrimp, oysters, clams, anything runs higher one week, we can adjust the price. Or if if it comes down, we can adjust the price to go with that. So we've got chalkboards in each restaurant where it's got the market price on everything. Yeah,
0: I've I've seen something like that. We were Mm -hmm. down in Florida, down toward Destin, um, about a month ago, and uh, and and out on the beach having having some crab legs and. There were numerous items on the menu at market price. And so, yeah. uh, you know, you have to ask, you know, and, and I think they were, I think the, um, I think the Alaskan king crab legs, I think they were 85 bucks for That's a great. pound. Um, I think that was, that was that, and, and they had, they had a pound and a half, and I think it was 110 or something. I mean, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it's goofy. I mean, we, we've actually added some corn and coleslaw to our crab leg plate so we, we can charge a little bit more now and yeah. it just looks like a fuller plate. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's the game you play right now.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's
1: always something. So,
0: you know, let, let me just back up the franchise piece again and, uh, and just ask one other question. What's, what's the hardest part about, you know, the, the franchising model, is it finding the franchisees? Is it vetting or, you know, the franchisees, is it dealing with the franchisees? It's,
1: I'll watch my words here. Uh, yeah, please do. In, in case somebody watches this. Uh, I mean, finding franchisees is tough. We we used to do it in-house. Uh, so our development side, we had in-house. Jonathan did it. We've had a couple of salesmen in-house. And you spend a lot of money on SEO marketing, uh, looking for those people and, and, getting, and vetting them and getting them here and making sure that they're financially qualified, that they're not just here for a free weekend in Wilmington and and all that stuff, and and we've gone anywhere from having people. So we hold discovery days once a month, or we try to at least. Uh, as long as we have people uh, validated to come here, yeah. you know, people, we would talk to them on Thursday night, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'll be there." And then Friday morning, they won't show up. So actually, that was when we had it all in house. What we did, and we we're actually going to do this right before COVID hit. So we're actually a year behind on our our development schedule, I would say. Um, we signed on with Rain Tree Development. They're a, a national franchise developer out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, and we were supposed to, they were supposed to come March 23rd of 2020 uh, to come and sit down with us and go through everything and, and yep. you know, start the process. So obviously we put that on hold and then we pulled the trigger in October for them to come back and, and get that process started. Uh, and so then we kind of went live with them of January 2021, and and now they handle all of the SEO marketing, they handle the lead flow, they handle the validation, they do everything right up into discovery day, and then that's when the people come here and we sit down with them and talk to them. So that's that's a, it's it's a much bigger process than you think. You know, you're going to think that you may have 15 people walk in your store and say, "I want a franchise," and it may happen that way, but that doesn't mean they've got the money or they're they're you know they're financially qualified. Or they may not fit your system they not may not fit the personalities of you like part of our big thing is we have a what we call a an executive interview process where we'll, we'll break off into three separate groups of us everybody in our office and we'll interview them and if, if we just don't feel the personalities fit even though they're financially qualified you know they're, they're business savvy if the personalities don't fit we just it, it, it's not going to work because it's a 10-year relationship you're not you don't want to go into a, a relationship and say, hey, you know, I don't really like this person, but I want their money. Yeah, because it, it's just not going to work out in the end. And then as far as like dealing with the franchise, that franchisees, that's tough because here in the office, I mean, we put a lot of we put a lot of effort in, into marketing and design stuff and and marketing plans, and then you shoot it out to them and say, and they ask for things, and you send it out to them, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, oh, we don't use that. So it's like, you know, what do you you know, you ask for all this stuff. So we take all this time, put it all together, but then you don't want to use it. So it's, and it's trying to get them on the program. And, and with us, is we're always trying to, to bring our cogs down. So we'll send something out, say, Hey, we've got this new, these new spices that we've, we've contracted with to, to brand on our own. You know, it's not going to save you a ton of money every time you order it, but over the long run, it may save you $5,000 in a year. Right. And, they, and then they just won't order it. And that's all really, that's all bottom line money. Right. Yeah. So It's one of those things. It's like, Hey, we've, we've gone out and did this, but now they don't want to do it. Cause they may have to take an extra step of ordering or something. Yeah. So it, it's things like that where it's like, what, you know, what, what are you asking for if you're not going to do it anyways? Right. Right. It's
0: um. yeah. That, well, in, anytime you're working with people, you're going to run into, to that kind of thing. you got, you know, different levels of, of entrepreneur there that are running the franchise franchises some are you know more to themselves and others want to take everything that you've got and yeah um, yeah it's i mean it's dealing with people right it's it's complex it's um it's difficult and that sometimes it can be frustrating um uh but then again you know you you guys are there to support them and i'm sure you're doing everything that you possibly can to help make them successful which is what you set out to do yeah that's
1: the whole point we're here right
0: yeah yeah, and uh, if they take it, if they don't, I I know it. It, you know, some of that profitability, you know, may be coming your way that they're they're missing, and it's frustrating. But
1: what do you do? You know, you, you're only one man. That's it. I mean, we've got a small team, comparative too. I mean, we've only got. Yeah, there's six of us in this office, so it's not like we have a giant team of people running around. So we try to keep it, you know, tight in here. And and we've got one marketing person, we've got an office assistant, we've got a, a financial controller, an operations COO, CEO, and then me, and that's it. You know, we do lean on our our corporate stores for some stuff, but that's really it. So we try to keep it, you know, we try to run a tight ship, and everybody's, you know, everybody's always doing something. So yeah. Exactly. Well, well, let me let me ask you a little bit about
0: um, about leadership. Um, you know, you guys, you know, you from where you came from, you know, at 24, 25, you know, 26 at that early age. And when you started this business, I'm sure you weren't thinking about leadership um, you know, when you got that nine hundred fifty square foot location. You were just thinking about drinking some beer and being cool and having a good time. That's um, it. Uh, so, so I feel you, but you know, how have you changed now as a leader of of um, you know this organization? What how, how's that transformation kind of gone, and and what have you learned?
1: I, in, in all honesty, I mean, it's going to sound cliche, right? But I don't really think I've changed. And you can ask kind of anybody in this office. I I still come. I mean, I'm in bare feet right now. Like I still come here in shorts and a t-shirt. I'm not not trying to dress up. We go to conferences. I, I pretty much have flip flops on. I mean, I'm I'm living. You know, I'm working and doing what I want to do, but I, I didn't change my lifestyle to get to that, uh, you know, it, but we, do. you know, our dynamic, Jonathan, he's a little more, you know, clean cut and, you know, he, he tries to, he tries to, to, to bring it up a notch and and make up for me. Uh, but I mean, I, my leadership style is more of a, a doer. I mean, I'll, I'll get in the kitchen, I'll work, you know, if somebody says it can't be done, I'm going to figure out a way to get it done and I'll show you that it can be done. Uh, you know, I will, I'm just a. I'm a worker and I've always been that way. You know, I was building houses when we opened the store. Uh, I would work 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then I'd go work in the restaurant from five to midnight until we decided, hey, we're going to open for lunch. And then I decided I was going to take a small salary. And that's just the way I kind of became the the pseudo, in a sense, GM and and leader of the business. Me and Sean were both managing and one, you know, he had his way, I had my way. And we finally sat down and said, look, it's only going to work if one of us, you know, kind of takes the reins and is the the face of the business in a sense. So, I mean, like I said, I don't, my leadership hasn't really changed. I mean, I will, you know, like I said, I'm the utility infield. I know everything about the business. I can tell you pretty much anything you need to know. So it's, it's more like, you know, we kind of have a saying around here when we have discovery days, because we don't dress up at discovery days. We actually tell people when they come here, like, don't put a suit and tie on to impress us. Like, yeah. T-shirts like we've got goodie bags that go out to the office or to their hotel rooms. Like wear the T-shirt if you want, because literally we're going to be dressed just like that. Uh, you know, and, and Bill, our CEO, when he kind of came on, he's like, like, we know our the, the reason we can dress like this is because we know what we're talking about. right? And, and because you don't have to dress up, you don't have to, to, to change the way you want to live your life if you know what you're doing and you can show people that you know what you're doing. Well, you know, that's,
0: you said earlier uh, something and it made, I wrote down or typed in living the brand, um, you know, Matt lives the brand and, you know, the brand kind of, I mean, you're embodying all that, that to me, what it's about, you know, the shack, the dive
1: bar, the, you know, the, yeah. the cool, the cool beach vibe kind of thing. I mean, it, that's what it feels like to me. So. Yeah. I mean, for, like we, me and my wife dropped, we dropped the kids off at school this morning. We went home, grabbed the paddle boards and, and went and, paddleboard ocean for about an hour this morning before we came to work. So it's, but that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know, like you said, it's living the brand. And and if you can live the brand as the leader of the brand, then it's, it, nothing has to be, you know, nothing has to feel fake.
0: Yeah, and that's
1: kind of what it is, you know, and and we're pretty, we're pretty liberal with, you know, how, especially since COVID hit, you know, if, if you don't want to come to the office today, just just get your work done. As long as you get your work done, you know, and, and you show up to meetings and, and when you need to be there, do it. But if you want to work from home or you want to go somewhere and, and as long as you get your work done, I, I don't care. Where, I don't care where you're at. Yeah. It's uh, because I'd rather you enjoy your life. Like, I don't want you to come to work and hate it if you're just going to sit behind the desk all day. Right. I, mean, I barely I barely come to this office in all honesty. Like, I spend more time in the restaurant because that's that's what we do. We run restaurants. I want to see what's going on. I may want to jump in the kitchen and play with a recipe. I may want to get behind the bar and and play with a a new drink or something like that. I can't do that up here. So it's, and honestly, we're, we're literally a half block from the ocean. It's not like we're, or not the ocean from the restaurant. It's not like we're in a high rise and in the city and, you know, literally I can, I can walk to the restaurant in three minutes. So, but that's just where, that's where, where our craft is in a sense. So why not be in the restaurant? Yeah. talk to them about what's going on what do you guys need how can we help you yeah. stuff like that and 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 like I said I, so in a weird roundabout way like, I don't feel like I've, I've really changed a whole lot
0: well that's I mean that's you you are who you are and um or as as I heard them say one time I is what I is <laughs> that's, that's about it right yeah and, and and that's it but like I said you, you know I think you are living the brand and it's it's really cool sounds like a great environment a great place to work um, you know, a great thing to be a part of. If you're, a, you know, if you're a, an entrepreneur out there looking for an opportunity uh, in the restaurant space, uh, Shuck and Shack and is is uh, an awesome place and uh, great food, great people, um, great vibe to it. And, um, you know, please jump on the website check out the, the franchise opportunity information and um, just get on the, you know, get on the, the scope and make yourself known. We'd love to love to talk to you. Um, there's my little commercial. I don't know where that came from, but I thought, why not? You know, you never know who we're going to reach with this, uh, with this podcast. So might as well throw it out there. Um, you know, I guess we're, you know, I just looked at the clock and realized that it was moving forward a little bit more briskly than I had anticipated. Um, just because it's, you know, such a great conversation and uh, so much to talk about when it comes to to being successful and, and running your restaurant. But, um, you know, what do you think has led to your success? You know, with with this business, and 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 maybe can you can you couple that with maybe some some advice for um, for those out there who are looking to
1: take the next step, and you know, with their their concept. I think what what has led us to, to where we're at is is basically just and and I'm gonna, it's going to go back to living the brand because. We've had some people before Bill as our C- COO came on, we we had hired a, a training director and it was kind of like he came in and was like, you guys need to do this, this, this and this. And, and honestly, it was almost like it, it steered us back to being more corporate than we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, and so honestly, we kind of we, after after uh, we had parted ways with him, we looked back at it and said, and then Bill came in and he's like, you guys have the brand. Like you don't need to, to do that. You don't need to live this lifestyle. You guys have what everybody wants. And so I think by shifting back over to that side of things where, it, you know, cause we, you know, you go to conferences and it's like, you got to wear slacks and a shirt and you, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dress this way and you gotta talk this way and, but that's not who we are and that's not what we want to be. Uh, so i think once we kind of came back over to back to living the brand and being the brand and, and being what it is uh, i think that's what kind of propelled us into the next the next level because you know we were just at a conference in vegas i wore shorts and a long sleeve t-shirt and a hat through the whole whole thing you know people are dressed up it was a multi-unit franchise conference so we were present or we were we had a boost so it's not like you know so we were I said, I said, basically, just wear what you want. Live the brand. Like that's like I'm not gonna go there in a suit and tie and present to you our restaurant, and then never be in a suit and tie again. Right. Because it doesn't make sense. So when we went back to living the brand, and, and we we have a lifestyle guide that we give people, and it kind of talks about living the brand and being your own person and, and all this stuff. And this is who we want in our system. I think that's what brought us back to to being as as successful as we are now. Um, which would lead into, you know, the, the advice for somebody don't change your brand for anybody, you know, be what you are, because if people want what you're selling, then there's no reason to change it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's the simplest of simplest advice is just keep it, keep what you're doing, what you're doing and, and don't change it for any, anybody or any reason. That
0: is awesome advice and um, and it, it is you know it sounds so simple, but it's so difficult to follow um, you know for so many people today because there's so many influences you know coming in there's yeah. you know the expectations of others, the culture the you know just tons of different things that are that are impacting you as a business owner and um, you know it's very refreshing to 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 talk to someone like you who's um, who's you know built this business around that identity and and and, um, you know, in that brand and, and you're still living it and you're sticking true to who you are. And, um, uh, so kudos to you guys for, uh, going this far and this long and being this successful and, and sticking, sticking to it, sticking to your guns for, uh, for lack of a better word. And, um, and again, I, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I'd love to sit here and just keep, keep grilling you about all the, all the great things, uh, you know all the advice and and ideas and things that are in your head but uh i know you got other things to do but i want to thank you for taking time to join us today and for sharing you know your experience and your your wisdom uh with me and with our listeners so thank you so much matt
1: thanks for thanks for having us uh, and we appreciate appreciate uh, you know kind of getting our our story out there um, uh next time you're in wilmington look us up look oh here. dude dude i'm gonna text you and i'm gonna
0: say yeah. i'm coming and i you know and make make sure that uh that there's a spot for me and my wife because uh my favorite seafood or two seafoods are oysters and crab legs there and, you uh, go we got plenty um, of them yeah and you guys are you guys are right there i can it, you still have the the, the shucking shuck, the little small original location right oh yeah that, that's our yeah right there the in thing. carolina beach maybe that, that's, right, right, that's
1: not going anywhere
0: isn't that right by the pier uh, no, it's right by the uh, Marriott,
1: the courtyard by Marriott right there.
0: Okay, now. okay, okay. There was something over there by the pier across the street that I, I noticed last, last time I was up there. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to check you guys out uh, again and, and come back and enjoy it. And for all those those folks uh, down toward the beach, uh, Wilmington, Carolina Beach, uh, down in that, that area, Brightsville, you know, any of those, Chuck and Shack, um, get over there, check them out. If you haven't had the opportunity to eat with them, uh, please do. Um, wonderful experience and, uh, awesome food and, um, you know, in great locations. And, and of course, now we want to support those franchisees that are spreading out across the country. So, um, you know, look them up, check them out on the website, see where they are make sure you get over there and have a meal with, uh, Shuck and Shack. Thank you again, Matt, for your time. It's been awesome, brother. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right. For all our listeners, thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. Uh, We appreciate you joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.